sorry, I, I'm actually, wow. Every time Rodney kept singing more of your fire, like I was literally burning. Was anybody else feeling that? Was anybody else feeling that? And like, even though we're singing, I was still surprised. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this is like not, this is not breaking out in a hot sweat. This is like tingling all over from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. And you're like, oh. And I, I started asking the Lord, how can we carry this fire? How can we actually carry this? And he said, you were born to carry this. You were created to carry it, to withstand it, to release it. We were created to burn in the presence of God 24-7. And that's what's rising in Ireland and beyond. Like 24-7, laser focused, sharp, eyes fixed worship and adoration. Like it's, it really is time to shine, right? Like no, do you not feel like just almost like there's been a shift? Like we're not playing games anymore. But it's even though we're not playing games anymore, it's actually become more fun because it's becoming more real. What we're what we're doing is becoming more real. Can you feel it? I, just, I, I do need these because I'm not going to go off on one today. I'm, I'm actually going to use them. <laughs> but thank you all so much for coming to this. And I really appreciate it. And yes, we want to welcome Jane. John already did this and it's absolutely brilliant to partner with New Heart who um, have been over and above amazing putting all this together so I want to give you a round of applause thank you yeah so like it's just for me standing here it's amazing to hear that kind of sound being released in Ireland isn't it it's real, it's raw, it's authentic. And there's no striving in it. Did you, did you notice that? Like we weren't trying to work it up, it just happened. And that's what we're, we're entering into, a whole new season where it's not gonna be forced, it's just gonna be God, completely God. And we're gonna be caught up into this. And actually the Lord said, it's time to stop saying we're going to be. It's time to say we are. And you know, the Bible says by faith. So listen, there's no ifs with God. There's only yes and amen. And we have to change our thinking and change our language. It's time to stop saying if it is your will, God, and if this happens and if that happens, but when it happens and it is gonna happen and God says, so it will time to stop waiting for something and start being the something that everybody else is waiting for and like we don't have to have it all perfect God's gonna do it you know I was thinking last night Isaiah 26 verse 3 for so long we as a people in Christianity have said you know that scripture he keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on him so we try to enter into this prophetic thing by saying you know Peace is the cradle for the voice of God. And do you hear all that before in different schools and stuff? And then you try to cultivate peace, right? You try to cultivate peace inside. You try to get still to hear God. But you know what? Last night the Lord said, you have totally missed it. You're not reading the scripture. It says, he will. Are we getting this? He will 
keep in perfect peace. Right, so that's his bit. Those whose minds are fixed on him. Right, we want to walk in peace no matter what's going on around us. The days are dark, but we're rising and shining. Right? So all we have to do is keep our eyes fixed on him. And he will keep in perfect peace. No matter what comes. Like last night there was a storm and there was gale force. Well, look at the peace that has come. And it's like that in the spirit. We keep our eyes fixed on the prize. And he will keep us in peace. So you don't have to cultivate. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to force peace. He will keep us in perfect peace. And you know, a lot of people are saying, this is a, oh, we live in an evil age. And that's what the Bible says. But let me tell you something. It is a privilege to be born in this season on earth. You were chosen. You were crafted. You were burst from the heart of God for such a time as this. And if you're, if you're signing up to come to something like this, it's because you know that you know that you know that there's something more than what you've seen and what you've heard. And you know that you are the something more. You don't need to be to told all of this, but I'm here to remind you today of who you really are and who I am and who we are together. You see, that was the key there today. It was like, there was a unity in what we were doing in worship. I, I really believe in, you know, we heard um, Bessel really brought about that teaching, the culture of honor. Yes. That's so important, guys. You know, not to make it a, another thing, but to live out of that place that no matter what, like if, if my kid got up here and preached a message, you would honor what they said. Yes. Because you're not looking for perfection, you're looking for Christ in them. It's time, people say, well, how do we walk in this in the seer realms? How do we discern what's God and what's not God? It's not by words. It's not by what people say, because people talk a good talk. And, and you know what? I have to be really honest. I'm going to tear down a few strongholds here. Um, sometimes in the prophetic, I'm just going to use that word, but it can mean a lot of different things, but it just kind of goes across the board. Sometimes in the prophetic, we think the more wacko we are, the more, you know, we're in. And actually, we're giving it a bad name. So, like, don't be wacko for the sake of being wacko. Be wacko if God's causing you to do that. But if you're just trying to prove something that you've broken out of the box, you're actually more religious than those who are still in it. So we need to mature as sons of God. You know, we, we don't just holler and shout and say we've seen this vision and that vision if we haven't really seen it okay let's be real let's be authentic let's be wild you know God said to me and so has said to you we need faith like a child okay now if you really think about this we think what does that mean like we have to act a bit stupid do you know what God said to me last night it's about innocence the innocence of a child in its father's arms. Innocent. And in this day and age where things are like far from innocent around us, we're called to be the innocents that rise in the land, pure, white, spotless in the blood of the lamb, calling people in and saying, you can be innocent like me. You don't have to live in that place where you've seen darkness and it lives in you. You come with me into innocence. 
have faith like a child. Let's be innocent. And you know what draws people? When you don't pretend to have it all down, when you don't pretend to, oh, I've studied so hard for this, you know, I know what I'm saying. You don't need to force authority. You don't need to force a place in the kingdom. You don't need to strut your stuff. Actually, does that not turn you now? Yes. You know, when you've come out of the old wineskin, when you see that kind of culture, you're like, what on earth? Where's the innocence here? Yeah. When there's purity in what we're seeing, and when there's, you, when you shine brightly, when, when people see Tracy, when people see John, when people see Debbie, they want to see you. Do you get what I mean? They don't want you to be another clone, another copy of something else. They want you to be you. So let's be real, let's be authentic. Um, I actually wrote down a, mightn't be able to find it right now. Hold on. Just to see, okay. Isaiah 29:10. By the way, just as a disclaimer, go and research what we're saying today. Um, some of you already know it, some of you don't. Some of it will be fresh. But don't just take it as because we've said it. Like, feel free to search it out, write the scriptures down. Just walk in it yourselves. And if you don't believe it, if it's not for you, just throw it out for another time. Okay? So Isaiah 29, right? You don't need to open this. But I just want to show you where we've been as a people. Isaiah 29, verse 10. The Lord has brought over you a deep sleep and he has sealed up your eyes, the prophets, and he has covered your heads, the seers. If I go on to really read that chapter, chapter 29, chapter 30, right? Do you know why God sealed up the mouth and the eyes of the seers and the prophets? Because they were faking it. Don't, let's mature guys let's be real let's be authentic it doesn't have to be a performance it has to be real and that is when God responds that's when God's interested in what we're doing and what we're saying and the word of the Lord will not return void when we're being real so we want our eyes opened and some of us have felt you know what I do feel like my eyes have been sealed up. I'm not really walking in this or I'm not, I'm not really seeing the way I used to. I'm not hearing. Maybe you need to repent from, you know, trying to keep it going. It's like trying to keep putting fuel on the fire when you've run out. So you're just using any old bit of rubbish to keep the fire burning. Let's not do that. Let's be real. Let's be authentic. This is Grace, my daughter. <clears throat> Um, do you know when you go through your notes and then you wreck the whole thing and you're like what have I just done here what ha! yeah well I have to do that don't I'm talking about it so <laughs> yeah so basically let me find it Turn to your neighbor and say, let's be real. Let's be authentic. (laughs) 
Okay, so it's time to let go of the old wineskins. Wineskin. It's time to really let go of what we knew, even in the prophetic move, right? Do you get this? We've seen a move of God on the earth. Some of you here have been on the earth a lot longer than me, have seen a real move of God and have shared some amazing stories with me. But even that has to, you have to let it go now. Everything has to go to usher in the new season that we're in. And everyone in here would agree, like for Ireland in particular, arise and shine for your light has come is a word that we've been getting, we've been given, we've been hearing. But what does that actually mean? That sounds great, arise and shine, your light has come, woo! No, but we don't wanna be faking it, do we? We wanna be real, we wanna be authentic, we wanna look into what God's saying. Do you know what it means, arise and shine? The word is Hebrew for arise is quimmy, right? Quimmy and shine, which is an imperative form. It is arising because God commands it to arise. So when God is speaking over a land, arise and shine. It's not just because it sounds good. It's because he is commanding the sons and daughters to arise. Do you get this? So we're not doing this in our own efforts. This is the Lord moving over us, brooding over us and speaking over us. Arise. He is commanding us to arise. And the word has its roots in corn. Isn't this amazing? In corn or wheat, which has reached its full growth. Come on, does that not get you really excited? So God is speaking over Ireland. Arise and shine. I'm commanding you to rise because you have reached your full growth and now is your time to shine. Right? So we're, we're not faking it anymore. We're getting it. And we're understanding this. Okay? The word has its roots in corn because it's um, reached its full growth and it's ready to fulfill its purpose, which is to be harvested and consumed to bring life and strength to the body. Come on, this is, I love, I love Hebrew. I just love, you know, because being a seer is not just about being mystical. Although we are mystical, we won't even go there today, right? It's not, it's actually hidden in plain sight most of the time. It's right in front of you. Like this, it's time to get a biblical theology, right? Do you get this? We don't want a man-made theology anymore. We need what the Bible says. And the Bible says some mad, crazy stuff. And we, <laughs> we have to start seeking out the deeper meaning of the scripture, the deeper interpretation, and not just taking what we've heard before. We're cutting off the old and we're entering into the new and saying, you know what? If we have reached our full growth and it's time, we are ready. We're not ifing, we're not button, we're not, we're saying we are ready to fulfill our purpose, which is to bring strength and life to the body of Christ. Right? Feeling it? <laughs> I, I just get so excited about that because like, I was one of those people that really felt that word burning in me for years, but I never knew this. And this is a sign even of 
you know, maturity, when we want to actually understand what we're saying. We don't have to understand what we're saying, okay? We don't need to understand everything we're saying or seeing, but it's good when we have that hunger to mature and to be authentic and to be real and to, you know, create a framework that other people can walk through and access, right? So that we don't become something that is so mysterious, it causes fear in people. Do you get what I mean? They're just the wackos, like, they do robot dance moves at the front and all, and, you know, I, like, I don't even lift my hands. You know, Clive was doing a cycle the other night. Did you see that? He was, like, cycling on the floor, and it's like, whatever. He's cycling through the mountains of the Lord, but... <laughs> It doesn't, like we don't want to become with, with what we're seeing from the front or we're seeing with people so mystical and so weird that it causes people to not want to understand who is causing us to get out of our minds. If we're out of our mind, it's not just for the sake of it. We're out of our minds for the sake of Christ. That's what it has to be, that's maturity. You know, we have to be out of our minds for the sake of Christ. Wow. <laughs> so, um, the word shine is Ori, which is the light of God. And it is the light of God that will bring this light and strength, life and strength. So, we need the light to nurture us, but not just ourselves, those around us. No, we're in, we're in a season where we, we want other people to come in. We want other people to come up to where we are and to show them that they're already there with us. Yeah? Okay. So we need the light to burn within us. That's why the fire is so important. It's so important that you allow that burning, that we, we want that fire. We want to burn with the presence of God because that burning is the light, yeah, that draws them. All-consuming fire, His presence in us. Okay, so it's about restoring. It's about the new way that we've entered into where God commands us to arise We've reached our full strength and we're ready to fulfill our purpose and God's light shines on us and in us and through us. Wow. So just a few basics for people. What is the kingdom of God? Everybody talks about it. We're going to get in deeper later, don't worry. Um, it's the authority. It's God's blueprint for the earth. It's God's agenda. Not man's agenda, not my agenda, not your agenda, not any church's agenda, but it's God's agenda. It's God's blueprint. It's God's pattern. It's God's rule. It's God's reign around us. And where? Most importantly, it's within us. The kingdom of God is, is shut up on the inside of you. That's why Jeremiah experienced this. He experienced this when he said, the word of the Lord, the kingdom of God, the agenda of God was like a fire shut up in my bones. <laughs> See, we get the deeper meaning here when Jeremiah, oh, the word of the Lord was like a fire shut in my bones. The agenda and blueprint of God is like a fire shut up in my bones. 
and it's like a fire shut up in your bones. It is. It's burning. And it almost causes a frustration at times. Because you're like, I'm burning with this blueprint. I'm burning with God's agenda. And it's, it's consuming me. And you know what happens if you don't start to rise and shine? You start to become frustrated and negative and bitter. Right? Because it starts to eat you alive. Yeah. So you need to stand up wherever you are. Whether you're in business, whether you're a mom of four kids. That's me. That's what I am. That's what I do. Whether you, whatever you are, whatever it is, you stand, you arise and you say, I'm ready to fulfill my full potential to bring life and strength to the body, whatever that looks like. But let me tell you, somewhere inside of you, if the kingdom of God is within, you know what you're called to do. And it's time to stop saying, if God does this and if I do that, I will fulfill my full potential. It's time to say, when God does it, when I, when I walk in this and I am doing this, I am going to fulfill my full potential. Yeah? Don't let it eat you alive. Don't turn, let it become dark. Let the light that shines in you shine. You were never meant to be put under a lampstand. You were meant to be bare-faced and blatantly obvious sons of God on the earth. That's who you are. What was that about? It may be about our soul, but it's definitely not about our spirits. Our spirits were created to shine. I'm going to annoy some of you with this. I'm sorry, but I have to speak the truth. You're not meant to be in a cave. You know, a spiritual cave where you're hiding out waiting for something. You're meant to say, get out of my way. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Right? <laughs> You're not meant to be in. <laughs> God's agenda is in me. It's a fire shut up in my bones. I'm not going to say in here in the dark. I'm going to rise and shine in the midst of darkness. I'm going to bring life and strength to the body. I am ready to fulfill my full potential. Yeah? Now's the time. I know we say that all the time, but do you not feel that as well now? We're not saying it here, we're saying it from here. From the river of life that flows out of Eden through us. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I want to talk about being seers. We will get there, like, but I am laying a foundation for you to realize that you're all this already. Okay, um, so the kingdom of God, but seek first, Matthew 6, verse 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So when it talks about seeking first the kingdom of God, come on, biblical theology, it means looking in to the kingdom. Where, well, how do I look? I'm not a seer, you know, that's for Jane Shrouder. No, it's not. It's for you. You're the seer. You are a seer. You have spiritual sight. You look in to the kingdom of God. So we look in, Matthew 6, verse 33, look at the deeper meaning. 
We look into the kingdom of God, the realm of God on the earth. We look into that realm or that dimension and his righteousness, his, his authority, his kingdom, his rule, his reign, and all these things shall be added to you. So how do we first access the kingdom? We look. Okay, we start to look. And we need to really start being intentional about this, not just laying back, waiting for it to happen. We, create, we cultivate the sight that we've been given and more will be added to you. Matthew 6, verse 33. So you look into the kingdom, you look into God's agenda, which is within you and around you, and then all these things will be added to you. More sight will be given to you. More insight, more knowledge, more revelation, more power, more of him will be given to you. We're getting into biblical theology here. We're cutting off the old. And I saw that thing in the spirit. It will try to stick to you like slime. And there may come times where you need to be violent. The kingdom of God suffers violence. That violence comes from religious spirits and lies that Satan has planted through the mouths of people on the earth. And the violent take it by force. We need to turn back and say, you know what? I'm cutting this thing off. It's not coming with me anywhere I go. I want full kingdom theology here. And if I have to discipline myself to seek that out, I will do it. Because it's time for us to rise and shine. Yeah? Making sense? Okay, so the kingdom, people talk about the kingdom of God and all. But what we're actually doing when we bring the kingdom, when we realize we, we are, are the kingdom, it's bringing the establishment of God's counsel and authority on the earth as it is in heaven. You, like, right, okay. You may be sitting there going, I, I don't care what she's saying, I'm not a seer. You're totally wrong. Hebrews 11 verse 1. If you believe in God, you've seen. So even those who are stuck in like traditionalism, um, which is nice at times, but they have seen, they have spiritual sight, but they haven't realized it. Because Satan wants us to, Satan wants to be a gateway blocker to our inheritance. Do you get this? And our inheritance is to come up to where we already are, bilocational, and see. Okay? That is our inheritance. You've already seen. You are a seer. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation. You have it in your hand in the spirit. You have it documented, the things you hope for. Okay, now we're getting into our destiny scrolls that are in heaven, the books of destiny in heaven, what God has written about you in heaven before you were ever born. I knew you. I want you to think about this. Before you were ever born, you were entangled into me. Knowing is about entanglement and oneness. So right, let, let's really break out of the, bo the box here. Before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, you were entangled into me. 
What does that mean? You existed before you were born. Right? You existed. What do we know about the fullness of that? Not a lot yet, but we go from there. That's our springboard, right? Death is not the door. Justin Abraham always says that. Death is not the permission to access heaven. Before you were born, you existed in me. And I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you and not to harm you. Your, pla- your plans, listen to this, God's plans for you are entangled into him. But I know the plans I have for you. They're not your plans. We're going to take the weight off ourselves here. It's not my plan, it's God's plan. Yeah. Before you were born, I knew you were entangled into me and, my, and your destiny and purpose is entangled into my heart for you. So we access that by sight, by faith, right? We have the title deed, the confirmation of the things we hope for, our destiny, divinely guaranteed. This is the amplified version. And the evidence of not things not seen. Okay, so you've seen, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have seen him. You just don't realize that yet. Have you seen Jesus? Yes, you have. You have seen him. How can you believe in someone you haven't seen? Do you get this? You've seen him in the spirit. This is the other thing. It's like it's the veils which I'm going to talk about later. Our God is a spirit being. Okay? So everything that happens with him, we begin in the spirit realm. And we are spirit beings with him. Okay, so this is where we build this from. We arise and shine. We are ready to fulfill our full purpose. We are arising and shining in the spirit. The light is shining within us. We have the deeds. We have the divine guarantee of the things we hope for, yet have not seen in the flesh. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. So we fix our eyes, being fixed, laser focus on God. Laser focus on the heavenly realms, on not what is seen, but what is unseen. Paul's even talking about this. Don't bother looking at that there. Look behind it. Look within it. Look underneath it. Get it? We have to look beyond. We've got five um, senses, but we've also got five spiritual senses. Maybe more that we don't realize about yet. Let's not box it into some theology that we haven't really, you know, entered into yet. So we fix our eyes on what is seen. Not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what we see in the spirit is eternal. Wow. And you are a seer. You are a seer. Hebrews 11, verse 1. By faith. So faith is the doorway to enter into more of this. Okay, faith is the springboard to access more of this. And this is not a time for playing games. We need this like we've never needed it before. 
and there needs to be voices rising calling us into it because it's not a time for playing games anymore it's time for us to bring full maturity to the body of Christ and we're we're called to do that we are called to do this stuff okay five spiritual senses in the natural we see we hear we taste we touch and we smell and it's the same in the spirit you can look all all these scriptures up later um where does this all happen okay the mind is activated and controlled through the heart so when you gave your life to to jesus well let's not even go there um, when you awaken to Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? Your heart became the seat of divine nature. Because it, within you right now, you have five spiritual senses in the heart and Christ lives in there. So that tells us we don't need to be afraid of this because we're operating through the right and correct medium. Okay? Christ in us the hope of glory Galatians 5 for you died for I died and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith spiritual sight in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me so our spiritual sight is accessed through Christ okay so we're just tearing down a few things and we're getting this right because people come against us and say you know what they're just bringing new age teaching to the church. No, we're not. We're bringing kingdom theology, biblical theology, and we're tearing up the old and we're ushering in the new. A new dawn is where the light shines, right? In the physical and ushers in the new day. So in the spirit, when we say it's a new dawn, it's a new era, era, The light within us is ushering in a move of God that will change the face of the earth forever. So we're not just doing this for the crack. Although it is great crack. We're doing it. And as we're doing it, by just being real, authentic, not faking it and being genuine and realizing that Christ is the doorway, Christ is the medium, faith is the springboard to see for spiritual sight, we're ushering in the presence of God, the heavenly realms, the dimensions that are all around us. But we're actually coming into agreement with it and saying, yeah, I want God's agenda. I want God's blueprint. We invite it to the earth and we're establishing that on the earth as it is in heaven. Does that make sense? So it's, you know, we, we can have the crack and realize that we're doing something really powerful at the same time. Isn't that great? So if you want to cycle or do the robot dance, it's okay. (laughs) We don't mind. What time is it? (laughs) Do you want to uh, have a cup of tea or coffee now? No. Do you want to do a vote? Well, go for another few minutes here. I'll keep cycling for a while. Clive doesn't know what I'm talking about. He's just come in there. (laughs) Right. Okay. So the eyes of our heart, Ephesians 1 verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be 
enlightened, awakened. Ooh, a bit scary. No! I pray that the eyes of your heart would be awakened and the eyes of my heart would be awakened. Here, listen, my friend from down south, she's not a Christian. She does believe in God, but she's not really walking in it yet. Okay, she will. Text me saying, Tracy, I, a man turned up beside my bed and this, li- this little child ran across her landing and touched her on the head. And she said, now, you know, she said, I know this sounds like a whole load of beep. <laughs> but it's really, really true. And what, I don't know what to do about it. And I was like, no, it's okay, I fully believe you. So guys, like, if, this, if people like that are having visitations, how much more should we be talking about this? And it is really important that we do talk about it. It is really important that we share our stories and our visions and our dreams and our testimonies and the blueprint that is shut up like a fire inside you, within you. It's important because what you do when you share these things, you build something. You're building a framework. Okay, let me show you how this is biblical theology. I'm not making this up. Sorry, I'm just, yeah. <coughs> Biblical theology. Anyway, I'll find it later. Yeah, here, okay. Come on. Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith, now we understand what that is. That is the inherent trust, enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. We understand that the universe and the ages were framed up and put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. And where does the word live? In us. The word is alive within us. So when we share the visions, when we share the agenda of God, not my agenda, not your, but God's agenda, God's purpose for your life, the books that are written in heaven before you were ever born, were framing up universes and ages to come Come by the word of God so that what is seen, what we can see now, is not made out of things which are visible. Right, so there's more to this. It's saying what we see comes from the word of God and it is it doesn't come from what is visible. It comes from an unseen realm. So when we speak by faith the word of God, we're actually creating a framework for the manifestation of that in our lives. So Joyce Meyer had it down when she said, you know, she did a lot of like those kind of teachings, your words have power, where the mind goes, the man follows, all of that stuff. But there's more levels to that. When we speak by faith, from the realm of faith, from the eyes, from eyes that have seen, heard and touched and felt the Lord, we create a framework for the manifestation of that. So when the woman who had the issue of blood 
touched the Lord, reached out and touched him. She touched him, not just physically, but in the spirit realm and withdrew power from him so that she was instantly healed. Her faith created a framework so that she could access the power that was in him because she knew that she knew that she knew that he was the son of God. And then when he turned around and realized, who touched me? Like biblical theology, uh, the disciples said, sure, everybody's touching you. But he knew power had come out of him in the spirit realm. He knew power had been withdrawn, had been accessed. And he turned around to her. Now remember, let our imaginations imagine scripture, meditate on scripture. There would have been crowds of people there who were getting healed. But you see that one one woman who had the tenacity to, to go after that faith, the eyes of faith, to go after that power within and withdraw it. He turned to her and said, daughter, you are a mature child of God because you have understanding of the hidden things. Daughter, your faith has made you well. So this is why it's so important that we start to rise up full maturity. But remember, we're not forcing it because God has spoken that over Ireland. So he's commanding us to rise and shine. And he's saying, you're ready. You are ready for I have prepared a body for myself. And that's us. So when she accessed that in the realm of faith, he turned and he called her daughter. Imagine how she would have felt there and then. Christ calling her daughter, saying, you are a mature child of God. You have understanding of the hidden things. Biblical theology, let's go back, right? I have to tell you. Why am I saying you have biblical theology, you have, you understand hidden things? Because the secret things, listen to this. Where is it here? Just want to get it right. You know it. But basically, the secret things are ours to seek out. They've been in, it's been intentional in God's plan and framework that we would seek them out. Because in the seeking, we rise. Right? As we go through the fire, we start to rise and shine. As we enter into the presence of God and seek him, and as we are transfigured on the mountain, which we're going to talk about after a tea break, we start to realize who we are and who he is in us. And the hidden things become transfigured in the glory. And we become unveiled in the presence. Yeah? Let's take a tea break, right? What time is it? 10 minutes? 15 minutes. And we'll come back and we'll do the second part of this. So I've called this the big reveal. Okay? The big reveal, which is happening on the earth right now in New Heart, Ballyclare. There's been a big reveal in the spirit realm. Okay? Because what we're doing it actually has power and significance. Um, Romans 8, verse 19. 
the, uh, the Passion Translation I'm just reading from here, the entire universe, right? So what does that say? Like galaxies, cosmos, things that are unseen, angels, cloud of witness, are standing on tiptoe. They're on the edge of their seats for the big reveal. They're on the edge of their seats wanting to see this age and the people of God arise and shine on the earth and in Ireland. And they're on tiptoe yearning for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Glorious sons and daughters. That is who you are. And they're on tiptoe waiting for this. Romans 8, right? One thing I wanted to really talk about today is we've had words over the years, and especially in the last year, about the sound of the land being released. And, you know, lots of people have come here and given that word, and we're all, we kind of talk about it a lot. And that's good because we're creating a framework for us to use our faith to access and walk through into the unseen. But what does it really mean? Let's not fake it. Let's actually try and understand what we're saying when we're saying there's going to be a sound that will bring breakthrough and healing to the earth, right? Romans 8 verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, okay? As in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan. Some of you have been groaning. Some of you can hear the sound of groaning in the spirit realm. That is the whole universe longing for the sons and glorious sons and daughters of God to be revealed, to be unveiled. This is so important. Why does the scripture say groaning? It's talking about a sound in the spirit realm. Okay? It's talking about a sound. God calls us to be manifest sons and daughters of God. And the word manifest means clear, plain, apparent, evident, distinct sons and daughters of God who stand out unmistakable you're unquestionably God it's undeniable that you are God's child you are visible you are recognizable you are noticeable God has our attention and we have his laser focus but it goes both ways God's heart is as much fixed on you. His eyes are as much fixed on you as your eyes are fixed on him. And it's his fixation on you that actually draws you in to having that with him. You don't come there in your own strength or in your own desire. His burning desire for you. When, when light is focused, it causes laser beams. His laser beam burning focus on you draws you into that presence and causes a transformation or a transfiguration. So when we talk about groaning, what are we talking about, guys? 
So we're saying there's going to be a sound in Ireland, there's going to be a sound in Europe, there's going to be a sound in the UK that will change. Well, this groaning is, it actually talks about a deep, inarticulate sound. So it doesn't have words, it may not have meaning, but it has depth, it has power, and it changes atmospheres. And do you know what else it does? It heals the land. It heals our bodies. So do not let that... You know when we're going back to Jeremiah, the agenda of God was a fire shut up in my bones. It was a groaning for the agenda and the blueprint of God. And he responded to that with sound by giving it a voice. The earth has a voice and it's groaning for, and for the sons of daughters to be unveiled. Where are they? Oh, they're crying out. Where are they? And now God has commanded us to arise into the full potential to what we're called to do. Because now is the season where we're ripe for the harvest. Where we bring life and strength to the body. Does that make sense? So the sound is really important. Okay, let's talk a bit more about sound. What is sound? Sound is vibrations, okay, that travel through the air or another medium and can be heard when they reach a person or animal's ears. And it's the same in the spirit. And even in the spirit, the land hears the sound. Okay, the land can hear that sound. So when Rodney's singing More Fire or he's written some of those songs like the land is going to respond because they're going they're being unveiled they're being unveiled and we start to groan together and we become entangled into a sound that says we have risen now is the time so vibrations that travel through the air now did you ever get like really touched by God and wonder like you started shaking that's the sound of God's voice over you, which is causing a vibration in your body. And sometimes, like, to be honest, that happens to me and I'm not even moving. Does anybody else get that? Where, like, you're not showing it, but inside it's like this. Do you get that? That's God's voice over you saying, this is my beloved son. Hey, that's his approval of you. So we're actually engaging in these vibrations of heaven and of the earth and within us. Okay, here's something really interesting, which I'm just going to leave out there for you to think about. Light travels faster than sound. We need the sound, but the light is actually more powerful than that sound. So the earth has been groaning. Let's get this. There's a sound being released in the spirit. But when we arise and shine, there's actually more power in that than there even is in the sound. But both work together. So in physics, sound is a vibration that typically comes across as an audible wave in physics of pressure through a transmission medium such as gas, liquid, or solid. In human physiology and psychology, sound is the reception of such waves and their perception by the brain. So this brings a whole new understanding to the revelation of 
Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls out to deep. Groaning. With inarticulate sounds. Deep crying out to your deep. Remember we said... It's his desire for you that called you there. His deep is calling out to our deep, right? In the roar of your waterfalls. Listen to this. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. The sound of your voice. I'm feeling the sound of your voice within my body, within the earth. Deep calls out to deep. So guys, we need to go deep into the word biblical theology get this this gives a whole new meaning sound in the bible demands a response so when we lift our voices when we shout out when we groan whatever we do it demands a response from heaven don't believe me let me show you in the bible numbers 10 (coughs) verse 9 and i could list them here When you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who's oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord. So where was God in the battle? God actually didn't show up till the sound was released. Get this. God didn't respond till the blast of that sound was released. And it's the same for us in the spirit. We release the sound and it demands a response from heaven. So what we're doing has significance. The sound of our voice, the sound of singing, the cry of a mother, the cry. You know, did you ever just get into the presence of God and you're just wailing, groaning, you're a mess. There's more power in that than any meeting that you could ever go to. I'm telling you, it's changing the earth. It's it's causing the sons and daughters to be manifest. You might say, oh gosh, where are they? Or someone said to me earlier, I think some people are going to leave this meeting. I'm like, that's okay, it's not for them. But what we're doing is going to have an effect on them, whether they like it or not. (laughs) It's like, and it's not even hard. Right, uh, <laughs> Numbers 10, verse 10. Sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings. <laughs> where's, where, where's the chauffeur here? And there will be a memorial for you before the Lord. You know, when we... S- far so religious do you know they've gone so far the other way that they find that religious listen if if whatever we do if we do it by faith it has power and authority and religion cannot stick its its filthy slime on it when we walk by faith when we operate from the seat of divine nature from the heart not from the head everything changes (laughs) (laughs) 
Joshua 6, verse 10, 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. Their voice demanded a response. And the sound of the trumpet went out. And when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So the vibrations that were being released in the spirit realm actually caused the walls to collapse. Do you think it was their own voice? Was it just their voice on its own? No, it was the voice in the spirit when they were on the mountain of transfiguration with God in the secret place by faith, believing that he is who he says he is. When they released that sound, it caused a shaking. But we will not be shaken. We'll vibrate like. (laughs) We may vibrate in the presence. But it's a different shaking. And when that shaking happens, when the sound's released, it causes people to want to come in to what we have. Doesn't it? So all this like mystical talk about sound and about rising and shining, there's depth in what we're saying. There's power in what we believe. And here we're rising as mature sons to say, we want to know. We don't want to fake it, God. We want our eyes to be fully open. We want to walk by faith and access our inheritance. So we, we hear, we see, we sing, and we manifest, whether it's groaning, whether it's shouting, whatever it is, whether it's just a little, whatever it is that comes, let it out. Just let it out. Release that thing and don't be worried. Okay, so when, and another way that it works in the spirit is... We can hear a voice and then see the person. So this is where we start to become intentional about our senses in the spirit. We need to start listening. We need to start looking in. Seek first the kingdom of God. Look into my plans. Look into my my depths. Look into my heart. And all these things will be added to you. Okay? So we need to become really deliberate about this. When we hear a voice, you know, it says in in Genesis, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Wow, what's that mean? Like, they heard the sound, they felt, now their senses were fully awakened and there was, you know, no veils on them. They felt the vibrations of God walking in the garden. They felt the waves come over them. They heard deep walking in the garden, calling out to their deep. Their deep? <laughs> their deep. <laughs> you know, there's, there's such meaning in this, such hidden in plain sight interpretation. So what we need to do is really believe what we're saying. Believe what we're saying. Right, I want to talk about being transfigured because I've said that quite a lot. Well, first I just say this about convergence. Okay, this is a word that a lot of people have used as well. What is a convergence? What are we talking about when we say there's been a divine convergence? It's when two or more things at a particular place and time come together. So that can even be when the land cries out and the sun's cried out, 
it demands a response that heaven hears and heaven participates in what we're doing to release the sound. I'm just using that as an example, right? So this should be the normal supernatural life for us. There should be divine convergences in our life all the time. We should live from that place of divine convergence. It's when two dimensions come together in one space to reveal, to manifest the glory of God. And seers live in that place of divine convergence. You live in that place of divine convergence because it's all about having your eyes on the spirit realm and having your physical eyes on the natural realm to see how they come together. Does that make sense? And, what, and to then release what God is saying or speaking through songs, prayers, prophetic words, whatever it is, actions. Moment by moment, divinely appointed situations where destiny meets reality and the invisible becomes visible. That's what convergence is. It's when heaven and earth come together. But people talk about that like it's a, it's a one-time experience, but actually it should be for us all-time experience. And do you know what? It can be. It all comes down to that focus. It all comes down to being fixated on him. To being just so obsessed by him that you become possessed by him. Do you get this? It's the giving of yourself over to his plans and over to his nature and over to his love till he actually consumes you. Do you get this? It's basic, but it's so important. That's what divine convergence is. It's not this, wow, like this amazing prophetic conference that just happens once a year with a big name. It's not that. It's who we are. We are the divine convergence on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So it's when our, wor our world is multidimensional. And we've talked about this. We've talked about faith. We've talked about the realms of God. We've built a bit of a foundation here and to bring understanding. When these alignments begin to occur, things around us shift. So it's important we pay attention to it. The little things. And create that framework for people to walk through. Let's pay attention to the convergences that are happening all around us. Okay, and let's share them with each other. Let's be deliberate. Build faith, build a framework. So if you were to use an example of someone in the Bible who walked in this stuff, a lot of people use Elijah and Elisha. I'm going to use someone even better. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was the ultimate seer. Jesus was, what he did is he demonstrated convergence in everyday life. When he looked at someone and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. When he opened blind eyes, when he loved people, he demonstrated convergence 24-7. That's who he was. So I want to read a scripture, Matthew 17. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And his appearance changed dramatically in their presence. Biblical theology here. 
And his face shone with heavenly glory, clear and bright like the sun. And his clothing became as white as light. Right? Just stop there for a second. If you want to start really cultivating the seer ability that you have been born with, scripture is the springboard for that. You don't need to use something totally out there, wacko. God has given us descriptions in scripture that if we meditate on it, it, it's just so powerful. Think of this. And his appearance changed dramatically in their presence. So you can start to imagine and meditate this. His face shone, wow, with heavenly glory, clear and bright. And, and by faith, I can see that now. I can see his face shining bright with glory. And what did we say? Look into the kingdom, Matthew 6, seek first, look into the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. So as we access by faith, we start to receive an increase till actually we become like Enoch. You know, Enoch took where the mind goes, the man follows to a whole new level. He was so fixated on God. He was so operating out of that realm that he just disappeared. He followed it right through to the end. <laughs> but that's what is available for us. You know, so we can imagine this. And as we imagine it, as we have, the, because we have the mind of Christ and we're operating from the divine nature that is within us and through Christ, who is the medium, who is the doorway, we can be sure and safe and trust that what we're doing is okay. We don't need to be afraid. And all these things will be added to us. Right? And his clothing became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah turned up and appeared to them talking with Jesus. Here's a question. We're bilocational. We're in two places at one time. Right now, you're seated in heavenly places. Right now, you're there and you're here. Isn't that amazing? And it can go to other levels. But when we start to realize it, everything changes. So, who are you talking with right now in spirit? Let me just put that out there. Who are you speaking with? Who are you engaging with? Because when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain... He was speaking with Moses and Elijah. Biblical theology here. And then Peter began to speak and said, Jesus, Lord, it is good and delightful that we are here. If you wish, I will put up three tents. One for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. People really criticize Peter, but I'd be the same. Like, let's stay here, God. Like, I don't want to go back down to them. I want to, let's put up tents and live here. Like, so let's not criticize Peter. Let's be honest, we'd be exactly the same. Let's have three tents and let's just stay here. Right? Peter, Peter was, you know, just longing for that. What he is saying, he wanted more. And um, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But here it doesn't say, and Peter freaked out. And Peter was disturbed within him. It says Peter went, this is great. (laughs) This is who I am. This is who you are. He had already, he had faith, that man. And Jesus called him out by his faith. 
he believed in him, right? And while he was still speaking, so funny because God like didn't bother listening. He just spoke <laughs> over him. He just spoke over Peter and said, this is my beloved son. He overshadowed them with a bright cloud. His presence overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud. See the voice, the sound. Are we getting this? A voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased and delighted. Listen to him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their face. So they moved from knowing Jesus to experiencing an encounter to actually seeing his glory. His glory was revealed in such a powerful way to him. You know, because there's levels within this. There's levels of what was happening within Peter as a man. You know, wow, great, let's pitch tents. Then, you know, it, there was the level of falling down on his face because of the glory of God being revealed in that place at the time. So that's where it's at for us. And when Jesus came and touched them, get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. Right? It disappeared. The Hebrew word for transformed is metamorpho. And it literally means metamorphosis. Okay? And it means to transfigure or to change. And you could say, Tracy... I think you're taking it too far here. That's just talking about what happens, you know, with Peter and Jesus and all. Well, no, I'm not. Biblical theology, I keep repeating this. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns, to the frequencies, to the blueprints of this world, but be transformed, which is the Greek word for metamorphosis, be transfigured, wow, by the renewing of your mind, setting your face, being intentional, fixing your gaze on God so that your mind is renewed and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You'll be able to walk in this just like Jesus did. Be transfigured. Be completely changed by fixing your mind and having it renewed. You have the mind of Christ. You know, it talks about being in the world, but not of it. Peter, 1 Peter 2.11 says, live as aliens and strangers. It's okay if we're the weirdos, basically. <laughs> Be okay with that, because it's going to become even more like that as days go on. But we're rising and shining. We're being transfigured. <laughs> to the point where we don't even know ourselves. Biblical theology. Right, so here's the thing. Most people are what we've done before. The old wineskin was to live for the mountain. Okay? The old wineskin was to live for the mountain. Live for the encounter. Live for the next thing. Live for the next teaching, the next practice, the next protocol. But you know what Jesus did? And mature sons of God, he lived from the mountain. He lived from the mountain of transfiguration. I'm going to get into what more of this means. He lifted the veil. The sons of God lift their veils in God's presence. 
and they live from the mountain. And if you read here, so we're using Jesus as the typical and the absolute best example for us as mature sons. Straight away, when he came down from the mountain, Morag, I gave you a word about this when, about 10 years ago. Do you know what happened? I didn't know this at the time. He approached a crowd and a man came up to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and suffers terribly. And he often falls into the fire. And I brought him to your disciples, but they weren't able to heal him. And Jesus healed him and cast the demon out of him. So we have to live from the Mount of Transfiguration. We live from the presence of God. Let me tell you, when people, for years we've heard teachings and read books about the secret place. The secret place is the place of transfiguration in your life. Do you know that? When you shut the door, or like right now I'm standing here, but I'm in the secret place. I'm bilocational. You're here, but you're in the secret place. You're hidden in Christ, but you're revealed and manifested on the earth. And there's a sound and a vibration and a wave being released as we gather together with groanings that cannot be uttered. So the secret place is not about doing your devotions or reading your Bible. Those things are great and we need them. It's about being in the presence of God 24-7 and arising and shining from that place. Do you get this? It's standing in the presence and it's the revelation of Jesus. So then we're taking the whole prophetic thing to a whole other level here as mature sons. So prophecy is the revelation of Jesus. So prophecy, if, if we're in the presence of God, if the secret place is about being transfigured and transformed and being renewed in your mind, the revelation of Jesus Christ isn't just a word. It's something that you carry in your body with you 24-7. It's not the next prophetic word. Do you get this? Yes. It's who you are. And this translates into real life. So when Jesus came down from that place, but he was still there in God's presence, he healed a child that the, the other disciples couldn't do. They couldn't cast the demon out of this boy. But Jesus lived with such power and authority in the presence of God that he said, you have little faith. So faith is about sight. You have little sight. You couldn't cast the demon out of this child. Jesus did it instantly. Mature sons arise and shining. Okay? Does this make sense? Yes. <laughs> I just keep looking at you, Debbie, because you're nodding away to me. <laughs> um, so, yes, the mountain. And the mountains, so I'm using the mountain as like a place for you to, to think about, you know. It's, so if you look at Jesus' life, he often talks about how he went to the mountain to pray. We can have that spiritual mountain, a place where we go up to. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Physically. So we bring, our spirits are there, but we go into the secret place and we bring our minds to that place. So then we begin to see. And then we bring that back with us down and we start to really bring change. In an easy, easy way. Right? 
So the mountains and hills are mentioned more than 500 times in scripture and God often reveals himself on the mountaintop. So I'm encouraging you to see the secret place as not a duty, but as your mountain where you are transfigured and you're, you start to reveal the inner glory of Christ, which is locked up on the inside of you. Yeah? You go to your mountain, your spiritual high place. Luke 4, 5, then he led Jesus, Satan led Jesus up to a high mountain. Get this. And displayed before him all the kingdoms. Because on the high mountain they could see. So do you think these kingdoms were physical? They were spiritual. So really what I'm trying to show you is the whole revelation about the mountain. We don't fully get it, but we know it exists. And we know we access that in the secret place. And we know that God has given the Bible to us as an infallible word, but also as a pattern and a blueprint for what we can live out in our lives. Okay? Um, Revelation 21.10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a vast and lofty mountain. A place where you can see. A high place. And he showed me the city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. So your secret place isn't a devotional thing. It's a 24-7. Let's pitch a few tents and stay here. But the thing is, we can't. We have to bring that transfiguration and transformation back down the mountain. But remember that you're bilocational, so you're still there in the spirit and this is where we're going to see people with power and authority I know the likes of Heidi Baker and people who have you know been forerunners and Patrick in this stuff you know they maybe didn't articulate it like this but this is what they were living from they knew an intimacy with Christ that when they went out and Heidi still when they go out to do stuff the inner glory of Christ is what's operating it's not Heidi Baker do you get this? Yes. It's the inner glory. So we want more and more of that, you know, revelation of it. Yeah? We want to feast on this. Wow. You know, and it also says he took them away by themselves. So it is really important that we do that. That we have that time with Christ alone by ourselves. And I remember, I know it's definitely a word for us. It's not, I don't want to use that whole thing. Oh, you have to do your, your devotionals and all. We're getting away from that. We're, we're talking about being in the presence. But I, I was praying a few weeks ago and I was articulating sounds that didn't make sense. And I started, and I was vibrating, like the waves of God were coming over me. And I started saying this word, Adalum, out of nowhere, like repeating it, Adalum, Adalum. It was actually frightening, the, the, <laughs> it was frightening me, like, because it was coming like a deep, like another voice, Adalum, right? I was crying it out. And I knew it was a real word. So I looked it up, and it's actually Arabic. And it means 
turn aside. Come up to the mountain. Come on. Up to Zion. Turn aside. So how easy is this? I want to show you that this is not hard. If, we, if, if God is saying the secret place, the mountain, the transfer, transfiguration is all about turning aside, it's about just putting your spiritual eyes and physical eyes on God. It's just about looking the other way. It's about looking into the kingdom. Turn aside. Where are your eyes fixed right now? Yes, so we do have things we need to deal with and we do get fixed on stuff. But the voice of God comes like waves over us and deep cries out to our deep saying, turn aside, look into me, look at me. So it's time for us to start to learn how to turn aside, how to engage the Adalum of God in our lives and to be transfigured on that mountain. Moses, you know, uh, Theology shows us that Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets. But I felt for God that for us right now, if we're thinking about being transfigured and we're looking at this, Moses represents face-to-face encounters with God. That's what he lived from. To the point where he scared people. Right? Listen to this. Moses represents face-to-face encounters with God. Second Corinthians 3. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. It's time for the people of God to be bold with wow. this. Yes. It's time for a holy boldness. Yes. Yes. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing. <laughs> Moses had face-to-face encounters with God that were so profound, he had to hide his actual physical face from them because it would frighten them too much. But we are those with unveiled faces where we arise and shine in full maturity and say, look into me. So we look for life in them and they find the giver of that life within us shining bright. That's what new covenant is about. That's what Jesus is all about shining through us. Do you get this? Yes. So we lift that veil. And there's many different veils. That's a whole other teaching, uh, you know. But we want to break off any veil that might cause us to, to not shine with the glory of God. We want the inner glory of Christ to be revealed to people everywhere we go. Right? But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ it is taken away, right? Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. We're getting insight here. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Okay? Face-to-face encounters where we are in so profoundly on the mountain of transfiguration where we become transfigured like Moses did, like Jesus did, that we release that here on earth, okay? Like, it's almost like you've, have you, this has happened to all of you. Have you ever been around people and they just say, I find you really weird, but you're, you're intoxicating or you're very intriguing, but you're, I, don't, I just don't really get you. No, I get that all the time. <laughs> 
especially from mums in the school. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, you're, you're intoxicating and you're intriguing and there's something mystical about you. That's because I'm unveiled and they're seeing something in us yes. that's making them want to come back yes. for more, yes. even though you're slightly frightening. Yes. Do you get that? Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So, now, verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, transfigured into his image with ever-increasing glory. So the glory that's being revealed in us is not just going to stop there. It's going to go up. It's going to get higher. It's going to build. The glory increases in our lives, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded. So here we're talking about seeing again. These people are spiritually blind. But when the veil is lifted on us, their veils start to fall off. That's what the scripture is telling us. And the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ shines out in the darkness to the knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ being revealed to them. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to show us that all of the talk, all of the language has purpose and has meaning and has depth. And this is who we are. This is what, when we talk about Ecclesia rising, the church, the Greek word for church is Ecclesia. It's not just wacko talk. You know, that sounds really exciting or this is different. This is new. No, it's actually, you know, talking about responsibility, maturing. It's talking about governmental authority. The government is on his shoulders. He's the head, we're the body. His government, his rule, his reign, his kingdom, his blueprint, his agenda is going to be orchestrated and established through us. Thanks, Mary. <clears throat> so, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Um, right, what we're going to do now, um, Rodney, if you'd, if you, is Rodney here? Hey. Woo! <laughs> if you just, would you mind playing? What time is that? Okay. So for the next few minutes, what I want to do is really activate this in our lives. So if you all want to stand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Wow. I'm just going to pray here. And you can just agree with me in your hearts. God, we, we repent 
We repent from faking this stuff, Lord. Amen. Trying to prove ourselves. Amen. Trying to show something to the world that wasn't real. Amen. And God, if you have put a sleep over us because we have acted like this, we ask now that you would just break that. Break that off of us. Lift those bales from us, God, because we don't want to fake it, God, any longer. Thank you, Jesus. We want to believe. We want to access this and we want to release this. We want to arise and shine. We want to see. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened right now, God. Even more added to us as we look in to your kingdom as we look within and around add it to us that our hearts would be enlightened in order that we would know the hope to which we are called the riches of your glorious inheritance to us and that they might know it too God thank you Jesus So as Rodney um, plays, what we're going to do is if you want to receive more an impartation of this, we're going to pray up here. But what I want you to do is you don't need to come up here because you have it. So if you're not receiving, I want you to be given to other people. Speak what you see over them. Sing what you see over them. Impart this to others all around you. So let's actually do this. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.